0: Hi there, welcome to Let's Talk Tottenham, and a very rare thing indeed, yesterday, a comfortable win for Tottenham. 4-0, clean sheet, Aurea create an assist, Bale with a hat-trick, and Kane not having a goal or an assist to his name. Uh, We had Sun pinging one in off the post, Delhi back, and everything looking rosy for 90 minutes again, Uh, but then we've got to talk about the manager situation, who are we gonna get, why is it taking so long, Will anything change with the new manager being that Jose couldn't get Levy to change his mind? So all that and more. So let's chat the lesser spotted comfortable win. So I don't really know how to start today. Uh, We haven't had a win like this for quite a while. A comfortable little win. Uh, But very welcome it was too. Uh, I know it's only against Sheffield United and no disrespect to them but they're they're completely lacking confidence. You saw that with McGoldrick um, when he put the cross in, Brewster just literally stands there where you look at Harry Kane and Son are, and Bale are bursting in her gut to get onto the end of things. Uh, they're already down, but sometimes when a team is already down, pressure's off and then they're able to kind of relax and play a little bit and cause some problems. Um, I mean why he didn't start the final I'll never know. Uh, five goals in his last four games. Uh, he doesn't start the final and then comes on with I think about 20 minutes left uh, how we could have done with him in that but let's talk about this game that's what uh, this episode is about rather than um, finals and games that we've lost and disappointments and things like that. Uh, so first goal good movement uh, we will come to Sergio in a little bit uh, because he had a massive part in the game and that goal as well. Uh, but yeah, why wasn't he playing in the final? Uh, I said I, I wouldn't go into that, but I can only assume it's because this game we were expected to be attacking and Man City we weren't and needed to be more disciplined, but uh, on this form if, if Bale can stay fit. And Madrid allowed him to go on loan again. I don't see it, and and the finances are correct. I don't see any reason why we shouldn't be trying to get him back uh, if he can. You know, someone said, "Oh, we only does it against the rubbish teams," but you know, they're <laughs> the teams that we normally struggle against. So, if he's scoring hat tricks or two goals against the weaker teams when we normally struggle, then I'm all for bringing him back. Uh, he looks to be enjoying himself again. Uh, whether he won, whether he, the love has gone out, I don't know. Um, we'll have to. We'll see. We'll see that after the Euros, won't we? But yeah, I mean, the, the first goal, lovely touch. You could see him look. A second goal, brilliant play by Son to ride a couple of challenges and then lay it on a plate to him. Still had a lot to do, but the great players make it look easy. We talked about Kane doing that time and time again. And that's another thing, you know, a game where Kane doesn't have an assist or a goal to his name, which, you know, bearing in mind that he normally does in every other game, he's due a, a day off, isn't he? Although he looked quite annoyed, I thought, throughout. But I think that's more annoyed with himself, thinking he should have scored rather than anything else. But yeah, Bale's second goal. Uh, but I think the keeper probably moved slightly before he makes his mind up. But he, he, he took the touch to his left so that... Uh, Whoever the defender was, uh, forgive me, I can't remember who it was. Uh, couldn't get anywhere near him and made it look easy. Third one, again, made it look easy. Uh, lovely layoff from Serge. Uh, and then Beryl does the rest. Uh, and then we come to VAR. Uh, I mean... The reasoning for some of the decisions is absolutely bizarre. I'm not so much annoyed about the offside goal, Suns offside goal, because that's not the AR. That's the stupid rules that need to change, whether they will or not, I don't know. But the issue that I've got, as I'm sure you can imagine, is the foul and, and flex stamp on lacelso's head when he's on the floor. And whether it was intentional or not, I would assume it's unintentional, because that's a horrible thing to do. So let's go with the facts. It's unintentional. But every challenge where you you know, someone gets sent off for tackling from behind. Let's talk about West Ham, actually, the guy who got sent off against Chelsea when he's kicked the ball. And then because his foot's in the air, and the Chelsea guy has gone to him, it's grazed his leg, and he's gone down. I mean, he didn't mean that at all. But he's gone off for endangering the light, uh, the, uh, endangering an, an opponent. And you, you get that all the time for a tackle from behind where the follow-through of the leg goes into the player from behind. They get sent off for that, endangering a player. But yet someone stamping on someone's head, whether it's intentional or not, is not deemed as endangering a player. He's got studs in the back of his, in the side of his head. And then to not even get a yellow card or anything. I mean, we've had this twice against Sheffield United now with uh, Oliver Norwood elbowing some last year away from home that didn't even get looked into. It's just absolutely bizarre, really. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I mean, God knows who's re- reviewing all of this stuff, but especially referees who understand the game, but <laughs> he's stamped on his head, on his head. And he doesn't even get anything where someone next week will get sent off for something that's endangering a player, which literally is a graze. But. I mean, yeah, just absolutely stupid, really, absolutely stupid. And then we come on to Delhi, it was Delhi's uh, return. Uh, Whether he delivered or not, did Delhi deliver? I think the first half he played quite well. He looked to be playing a little bit deep to me, so you expect Delhi to get on the end of things and, and cause problems in the final third. But he looked to me to be playing a bit deep. But then you've also got to remember this is season where he's hardly played. He's had little bit parts. He's played in Europe against weaker teams. But in the Premier League, he's still getting used, I think, to certainly how Kane plays differently now and Son. You've got Bale in there as well. He hasn't really played, so his match fitness won't be up there. So, oh, excuse me. So I I think he played well considering. I thought I thought second half he kind of went off the ball, but that could just be tiredness because, like I say, he hasn't played really for any amount of time. First half he, he had a shot in the first half which went straight at Ramsdale, but you, you can see there the confidence just hasn't disappeared. Whether he's played, whether he hasn't, the confidence is still there, um, and mason said didn't he picked him because his um performances in training earned him a place so he's obviously not given up he wants to play he's putting some effort in which was the big criticism earlier in the year that he you know Mourinho in the uh, documentary said he's lazy in training um so whether that's had an effect i don't know but yeah i i, I think if if, if delhi was there just not looking like he didn't care then that's a big problem and but he didn't at all to me he was uh, putting himself about making runs challenging having shots so I think if he gets a run of games now and Mason or whoever the new manager is next season we'll talk about that in a bit uh, can find a place in the team for him like Pochettino did that suits him I think we can find the deli of old coming back as well at some point Aurier, the assister. He's had a lot of critics, and rightly so, I think, in terms of some of his defending, which has been absolutely atrocious. Uh, And and Sheffield United, let's be honest, didn't really cause us any problems, really. They got behind a couple of times. And like I've said, Bruce Dormer Goldrude didn't look like they were interested in getting in the end of it. And in the end, either one of the defenders snuffed it out or it went safely to lorry's. But going forward, uh, Aurier, I don't think has ever been a problem, really. He, he, I mean, he, he, he's not Walker or Trippier level. But he has got some good a good crossing ability on him. Uh, and the ball for bail for his first goal. That's, you know, you don't associate that kind of pass with him the look up and see where the run is and then put it to that run for him to run on to. So you don't normally see that. And you know, and bail you know before he'd finished celebrating was pointing to him as a thank you for the goal uh, and then the third goal i mean it was it would have been easy for him to try and do something clever there i think we were 3-0 up at the time and sun scored before that i'm not sure i think he had i think it was 3-0 at the time but even if it was 2 it was it was fairly cruising so it would have been easy for him to try and like you know have a shot put a cross in take someone on but no easy ball Put it into Bale's path and then, you know, another goal. So I I, I think he gets a lot of critics, rightly so. Rightly so. But you have to give him credit when he's done something good here, which he has. Uh, So he deserves a lot of credit for that. In the league, two out of two for Mason. Six goals scored, one conceded. Um, Obviously, the Carabao Cup final was a huge disappointment. But the fact that we're making a big, big decision about it and taking ages, I I don't think it's beyond the realms. If if he can do well in the next four games, that we could have manager Mason for next season, which I don't think we should. He's 29, first job in management. You looked what happened at Tim Sherwood. Tactically, he he... wasn't there at all. All the big teams we got absolutely battered by because uh, he tried to take him on as he would against one of the weaker teams. And it's completely different Weak teams you have the majority of the ball you dictate the play and they play on the counter attack stronger teams which we at the big six we, we were nowhere near the top of that so you needed to play a different way. Uh, I would imagine now if Sherwood came back, he'd have learned a lot from that and would be a lot more tactically astute. But I think Mason could be in the same vein there and a little bit out of his depth too early on. I think he either needs to go somewhere in the lower league to be a manager to kind of earn his stripes, if you will, or be the assistant to whoever the manager is that comes in to learn that and then he can go manage. But, you know, it seems we've got the players playing, certainly in the league against the weaker teams. We won't go into the City game because that was we, I, I did that last week, 25 minutes and I can't talk about it again. Um, so, yeah, so certainly in the league. And, and the, these games here, the, this Sheffield United game under Mourinho would have been 1-0 up or 2-0 up and then go sit back for the entire game, let them come on to us and then they'd possibly score a goal and then it's a bit uh, nervy for the rest of it. But didn't happen here. It was still go and get more goals, go and get more goals, go and get more goals, which is the way Tottenham historically have played and the way that us fans love to see us play, not sitting back and being ultra-defensive. I can understand being ultra-defensive against the cities, the Liverpools, the Uniteds and, and so on. But make sure you have a bit of a cutting edge going the other way and a bit of a, a attacking prowess going the other way so it's not just... I wouldn't mention it again, like the final. Um, But yeah, against the team, you look at Palace, uh, when we were 1-0 up Wolves, when we were 1-0 up countless others, where Mourinho just sat us back, all the players decided to sit back. So that leads me to think that it was Mourinho doing that or his ultra-defensive approach has made the players like, it's kind of a flip of the switch that they've decided, oh, we have to sit back now and be defensive. Whereas Mason... It, it, it switched around, so now it's go and attack, go and attack, go and attack, which is much more what we want to see. Uh, and then we come on to, and then we come on to the other managers. Uh, oh, I mean, it's just gone on and on and on and on and on. Uh, you know, Ten Hag has now signed another deal. Vod- strikes me as odd as Rogers has said he doesn't want it, but yet we're adamant we're trying to go for it. Uh, Which strikes me as odd. I I did see something interesting on Twitter with some guys saying that uh, the way Levy will see it is that Leicester are the biggest threat to us getting in that Europa Super League, European Super League if it comes again, or into the top six. So he's trying to derail them by getting rid of their manager who he values as quite good, which I'm really sure what well, I believe on that to be honest my dad always thinks money will talk so if we really want, want Rogers he'll come but I'm sure Rogers has already said he'd never worked for Levy uh, so I'm not really sure about that that Martinez is one that's been rumored. I mean you know, good god almighty uh, please don't let us get Martinez like I mean Everton I think he managed and Wigan like the guy can't defend he doesn't Yeah. You know. I mean, he might be all right with uh, if he stays Kane, Bale and Son, but, you know, it's, they have an off day, which strikers generally do every now and then. He can't defend. I, I'm not a fan of his at all. Uh, my other question would be is if, if Jose can't get Levy to change his mind and change his ways in terms of, you know, letting the manager choose the players, getting the players that the manager wants, keeping his nose out, if, if Jose can't get him to change his mind there, what hope is there for anybody else? The guys won 20 odd trophies. That's why he was brought in. uh, And he couldn't get him to change his mind. So what hope is there for anyone else because anyone else doesn't have the resume that Jose has. Uh, I, I still have baffled why he was fired six days before the final absolutely flabbergasted about that. And I can only assume, like Simon Jordan said on Talksport, it's to save Levy some money when he sacks him, but yet he goes on to that documentary and says he cares about success, and that's why he brought Mourinho in. So he's just, if that's true, he's just completely lied to an entire fan base. But are we surprised with Levy anymore? No. Uh, but yeah, will anything change with the new manager? I don't think it will. Like Jose can get him to change. I think it will just be the same old cycle again and again and again. And, and we'll be doing this for the rest of time as long as Levy's there. it would just be work with what you got. We can't afford it, blah, blah, blah. Work for what you got. Our results haven't been that good. Get out. We'll get someone else in. Rather than getting the players that the manager wants. And, and you know, I think Levy's ego is just so huge. And and I I think that's a major, major, major problem. Uh, Who else has been linked? Ragnik from I think he's Leipzig sporting director. I don't really know too much about him to be perfectly honest. Uh, But as I said, I mean, maybe controversial, but Potter would be my pick as, as Ben who was on here a few weeks ago said to me time and time again that he reckons he'd be a good fit for us. And for those saying, yeah, but they're really low to the bottom of the league and blah, blah. People forget that Pochettino when he took over his Southampton team weren't exactly fighting for European places and they were considered a small team then. And and I remember at the time I wasn't enamored by the Pochettino uh, uh, manager coming in. Uh, But I, I, just. Dan massively corrected now and held my hands up at the time. But, you know, he came from a, 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 a club that was deemed smaller and not successful, and then he transformed us. So, you know, just because a, a team are near the bottom doesn't mean the manager's any good. But you, you look at Brighton, they play lovely football. They just don't have anyone to stick it in the back of the net. Like I said last week, they had Danny Ings, they'd be pushing for European places at the moment, I think. This Europa Conference or whatever the hell that is, but yeah, I, I think that's uh, who I'd go for out of everyone that's available. Obviously, Guardiola was available. You go for him, even though I'm not a massive fan of his. But out of all the ones that are available and that we could get, Potter were for me. Uh, so who have we got next? We've got Leeds next. Uh, hopefully, we can get a win there. That'd be tricky. They, you know, they're safe now still flying high, full of confidence, Bamford scoring goals still. So that'll be tough. But I I still think we can win that. Uh, I'm a a glutton for punishment. I always think we can win every game, regardless of where we are in the league or who we're playing. I think we can win every game. And then when we don't, it's an even bigger blow, really. Um, But yeah, so hopefully we can win that and give ourselves something cheerful for the end of the season. And, you know, something to be cheerful about and look forward to next year and the Euros. Uh, Leeds, Villa, I think Leicester, which, I mean, if results go away and they drop points and and we can win games, that could be a huge game, but I I think that's uh, clutching at straws really. But first things first, let's beat Leeds. Thanks so much for watching. Before you go, please make sure you give the like and subscribe buttons a click. Any questions, comments, or any suggestions for future episodes, if you just add those into a comment on the YouTube video. If you're listening to the audio only podcast, thanks so much for listening. Anyone who wants the audio only podcast, you can get that at Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your audio podcast from. Alternatively, if you go to Twitter at LTalkTottenham, you can find all the information there. I'll be back soon. Until then, come on, you Spurs.